Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we are going to talk about... Are you enjoying the Amigos that. podcast? We're already running into problems. <laughs> today we're going to talk about Sensible World of Soccer. Um, so, Sensible World of Soccer. Before we get to it, though, we got a lot of feedback from last week's show. Did we? Uh, mostly. Beautiful. Is it bad um, or good? Well, Dreamcatcher wrote in to talk about uh, UK game pricing. So, remember we talked about last week, you said that, um, you said, what game were we talking about? You said it was 25 pounds. Was it? Um, oh, I, I knew. You corrected me right there on the spot. Right. So yeah, you were we were discussing some game, and you said, "Well, that that sounds like that it's release. a mid tier title." Yeah, and uh, and I was like, "Well, I don't think so. I think that was pretty much uh, the top of the line." And it turns out I was correct. Uh, I knew you were bringing this up for a reason. Dreamcatcher said that uh, twenty five ninety nine would have been smack bang in the full price region here in the UK, while a budget title would be seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine, and so um, and of course you know pounds. All the way up until fairly recently, about double, you mm-hmm. know, what we got here. So, um, you know, last time Dreamcatcher chimed in, he was on my side. <laughs> so now he, now he's put a spear in me. I appreciate that. And he said that Team Seventeen they had an interesting policy on prices, and that they charged what they believed a product was worth based on things like originality and effort and time that it took to make the game, which is not the case for most developers. That's not the worst idea, though, is no, it? No, I think... Good for them. Team 17. I, I like their philosophy. They're a good outfit. Uh, we also have... <laughs> They're still um, around because of that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we also got some feedback on the BBC Electron. Okay. Um, so, Paul Kitchen. Uh, Kirchen? I want to say Kitchen, but I wrote Kirchen R in on there? my notes. Well, it's on my notes, but I... Anyway, Paul... It's we, not Gary Kitchen. It's not Gary Kitchen. Um, we, Paul used to be a, a regular contributor to comments and things like that. He left us for a while, but he's back. Oh, uh, welcome back. And Barry's world, his whole world, chimed in to tell us about the Electron. <laughs> uh, the Electron, he, uh, it was a redesigned version of the BBC Micro. Mm. So the BBC Micro um, was the uh, kind of the first, it was kind of the Apple II of the British computing world and that it was the first computer that a lot of kids were exposed to in schools. Mm. They had a license for the, the uh, from the BBC. Uh, and they were, it was of course manufactured by Acorn, the purveyor of the fine Archimedes the platform. The purveyor, so I'll tell you about that. <laughs> uh, so that's a little bit about the BBC Electron. Um, How did we mention that last week? I don't, I don't even Oh, remember. it must have been what the game was released on. That's yeah. Yeah. We got some news from our favorite site, Indie Retro News. Love them. About uh, Hunter. Yes. Uh, now, Hunter is a game that I had never heard of before. Uh, me either. But it sounds awesome. Uh, it was described on Indie Retro News as a mix between Battlefield, Grand Theft Auto, and Far Cry. Uh, they've expansive open worlds, a military theme. 
Uh, and uh, I guess, you know, it's a sandbox type thing where if you want to just screw around, you know, and jump into cars and run around and stuff like that, you can. Um, and it was released in 1991, so it's pretty early for an example of this game. Um, was it just, obviously this has been ported over to the CD32, is that the plan? Well, I guess so. I guess so. It was, um, and so it has been released for the CD32. I think this is another Amiga J. We're going to uh, have to uh, break out the CD32, aren't we? Yeah. It's almost time. Yeah. We'll have to do a show on one and then throw it down. Absolutely. Because I'm watching a great series, not to plug somebody else, but plug, plug. I think I've mentioned it before, but uh, there's a gentleman from the Retro Asylum that's doing a game-by-game podcast or a video YouTube series on the, every game for the CD32. Now, he's not doing these mystery compilations, uh, but uh, I enjoy what he's doing. And a lot of stuff on the CD32 I've not seen. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's pretty interesting. And uh, I happen to have one with a special Aaron mod, <laughs> and uh, uh, I never use it. So we should we should absolutely break that. It's out. a system that needs more more recognition. Yeah, I mean technically it's not in a computer per se, but sort of like the XEGS we were talking about. It's in about the family earlier. for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, the next news is I'm happy to report that there is a new update for the Guiana Sisters. Okay, great Guiana Sisters. Yeah, of uh, for the CD32. This again comes to us from Indie Retro News. Love them. And um, they're using graphics uh, ported from the DS version. Hmm. So the DS got a release of the Guiana Sisters uh, last year, I think. And uh, so they it's kind of full circle. It's almost like um, when uh, they put Oh, before Mickey Mouse, what was that guy's name? Steamboat. No. Uh, what was his name? I don't remember. But anyway, he made an appearance as a bad guy, I think, in one of the Mickey Mouse games that came out. So it's kind of going full circle when the Guiana Sisters is officially endorsed and released on a Nintendo console. Yeah, you know, uh, I've played, you know, that, that series is still on, it's still going. And they have Steam releases. And I played one, I believe it's called uh, Guiana Sisters twisted dream does that sound right to you i've not heard of this, this it's, is... it's on steam it's quite good it's a very clever uh game uh my son plays it uh, as well so i mean it's it's a far cry from what was originally a mario you know let's face facts it was a mario rip borrowing yeah. right uh but uh, which was a good one if you consider the time mm-hmm. uh but uh, they they took that name which apparently has some value because it's and apparently this isn't the last one. Apparently there's even newer ones than the one I've been playing. So kind of neat. That is cool. Um, and finally, the last piece of news that I have, Will Williams wrote in and he said, I can't remember if you guys covered this. We didn't. Uh, but there's a new FPGA project out. It's a 24-bit card for Soro 2-based Amigas. And so um, I did see something about that. Did but you? my lack of expertise in the field prevented me from commenting yeah, on it. Yeah, <laughs> I am not exactly sure what this card will do for you, but I will put a link in the show notes, Will, if you can chime in and let us know what uh, what marvelous things can be accomplished with this 24-bit card. Uh, we'd appreciate it so we can fill in the listeners. Um, and it's the source code and the schematics are available on a GitHub link that I will post on the site. You know, along those lines, I was, and this I guess is a sort of news, but uh, I've been following the uh, the progress on the Amiga 600 Accelerator. We've talked about the, the Vampire, Vampire 2. And they, they keep releasing... Uh, I don't want to call them drivers, but I mean, because when they update this thing, they literally update the hardware to a certain. I mean, they they rewrite code that is on the hardware. You know, it's sort of like those processors. And I saw uh, a 600 this week running 
emulated, I think it was emulated Super Nintendo. Wow. Which is ludicrous. Yeah. Now, was it running at full speed? No. Was it running at half speed? Yeah. But it's astounding to think that it could do that. Well, they're both based on the same processor. So you're asking the processor in your Amiga, plus whatever the Vampire is giving you. Which is to, a considerable amount. Yeah, to, to basically emulate a whole another 68,000 Yeah, processor. and apparently they've also uh, activated the... Uh, no, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think they've activated the HDMI on it, and they've all, I'm pretty sure they've activated the SD on it, mm. which they had, but it was dormant effectively until they did put in the right things to control it. So again, I urge them to release a 1200 version of this incredible accelerator <laughs> because everything I've seen, I mean, they've got the 12, they've got the 600 playing MP3s, which I mean, multitasking with MP3s. They oh, something else I saw it doing was running at uh, resolutions that were like 720p or 1084, 1080i. I mean, ludicrous resolutions for mm -hmm. an Amiga, right? You know, and I mean in. And this isn't like a, a newer Amiga. This is a six, you know, it's a six hundred doing this. I but mean, it's, it's all it's that, astounding. That, that card is just. It is that. I mean, that is an, a, tri a triumph of a card. It's amazing what they've been able to do with it. So I'm, I'm following it. I'm hoping we'll get one our way, or even for the five hundred would be nice too. Do you have any any other news? I think that's about all I got, sir. Okay, well, we will play this. Take a moment to write us a review on iTunes. iTunes is how most people discover podcasts, and by writing a review, you'll help us get to the top of the retro gaming and computing section. Thanks. All right. Have we got any of those yet? I have not checked since <laughs> the last time we asked. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> iTunes is so important for for discovery. You know, we, we still get a tremendous amount of hits, but once I subscribe to a podcast on iTunes, I never look at it again, because then I know if I like it or not. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, still, hey. We'll check it out. We'll let you know if, if you've written a review next week. If you wrote one, thank you. We swear someone looked at it. <laughs> we have some site updates. Uh, Dreamcatcher, he's a machine. Yeah. Um, he, Soon to be incarcerated. Yeah, he took us inside Ocean's headquarters. Uh, <laughs> Ballsy. Yeah, he, he, he went in there, and uh, he's taken some pictures. Uh, some of the pictures he's taken, I'm not sure if he was allowed to take. Uh, but um, None of them, I'd wager. Uh, yeah, probably so. <laughs> uh, and so if you're interested in seeing what uh, Ocean's headquarters from back in the 80s and 90s looks like today, uh, Dreamcatcher, our reporter, intrepid beat reporter in Manchester, has uh, done that. He's actually published it in three parts, so uh, there's a, there's a lot of information in there. Uh, we also have a couple of Migos plays. I try and release one of these a day. We've got such a backlog um, from when Chad came over a day and spent a day playing a lot of superhero games. But uh, one that uh, I put up was uh, Castle of Doctor Brain. I saw that go up, and I thought, wow, this is one I've I've heard of but never played. Yeah, it's uh it's basically sort of a precursor to mist and that it's a lot of kind of logic puzzles and things like that but they're not as abstract as mist it's literally they're throwing up a sudoku puzzle or they're throwing up a tile sliding puzzle now the um the the reason why i stopped playing it is i ran up against the copy protection uh that it hasn't been cracked now you can easily go online i found out afterwards and find the code wheel Whoops. but uh <laughs> i was trying to figure out this puzzle because they don't explicitly tell you hey this is the copy protection i was like how can I figure this out? And so it's a little bit uh, uh, 
not so smart on my part. <laughs> but if you watch me play the rest of that game, there's a lot of not so smart going on. I love um, the background you had put up. Yeah, so we want to thank Dreamcatcher for providing that that background for us. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we also want to thank Dreamcatcher for RoboCop's pirate dongle. I, I... <laughs> he was responsible for that, was he? <laughs> he wrote an article about, I. Uh, this is something that I hadn't heard of. Uh, I guess Ocean Software, again, we mentioned Ocean, uh, when they released RoboCop 3, they had a new, supposedly foolproof way of uh, preventing piracy by way of this dongle that attached to your system that the software would check from. Uh, You can read all about whether it was a success or failure. That's a Uh, a great article. Have you ever ever dealt with a dongle in the past? No. no. I've had, uh, that was a thing. Uh, I have I actually have it a dongle for the Amiga. I don't know what it goes to. <laughs> it came in the box, so maybe it's for Robocop three. I don't know. It, what it's a pass through dongle. It's it hooks in, which some were and some just had to put in and pull out. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it on every PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the IBM had them. Was that a big thing for the copy Atari production? had them? By the way, dongles absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it was big for a little while. Because I mean, bypassed them. I know. I mean, I don't know much about PC gaming or really computer gaming, but you said for the Atari, like the Atari computer. I, I, I've, I, I absolutely remember having a dongle for something okay. uh, on the Atari. I had to look. I don't remember what it was. I, I remember, it, like I said, the, the, just much like the Amiga, plugged in the joystick port. And just, I think that one, though, you pulled it in and put it out. And I think it was the funny thing is, I think in both instances that I remember using it, it was for utilities. Uh, like a word processor or something like that. It wasn't for a game. Interesting. I don't remember ever seeing one well, for a game. Well, you know, actually, now that I think about it, I want to say that Adobe stuff. Paint program, yeah, I think stuff was like what that. it was. Yeah. Some sort of paint program. Uh, it might have been, and one of them might have been like a a, a Lotus one two three or mm-hmm. something like that. I can see a program like that. You know, having, so the, I guess dongles were a thing. They went. Away. I mean, think about irritating too. You lose the dongle, you're screwed. Right. right? You Even if order. you paid for the program. And can you imagine trying to get another one? Holy smokes. They would not believe you in a million years, right? So, yeah, that's a good article. I I enjoyed that one. And uh, the last thing before we get into the game, I wanted to give everybody my official review. Oh, yes. I'm interested because I'm dying to see this myself. Yeah, Bedrooms to Billions. And uh, that's not exactly centered on the screen. You know what? I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead and not not worry about it. Don't put Um, the bear boat. So, uh... I have mixed feelings about this film. Really? Because as I recall, you last week you'd watched the first half. I and watched it the first like half. It seemed like they were building up to the release of the Amiga. Is that mm-hmm. right? And That's so right. At that point, bam, here's the meat of the sandwich. What right. did you think? Well, the meat of the sandwich was a little bit like filler. Uh, Uh-oh. The problem with the story is that they build up this narrative. You know, the first the first hour and a half of the movie, they're climbing the mountain up to the release of the Amiga. Once the Amiga gets released, the movie shifts gears. It almost like it, it's, it becomes a different movie altogether. Mm. And what they do is they interview a series of programmers and developers that worked on Amiga games. And each one of them says, the Amiga was amazing. I was able to do things on the Amiga that I was not able to do on any other platform. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to the next game. And then the developer says, the Amiga was amazing. I was able to do... 
etc. So there was no insight on what they the game was how they developed things or what. I mean, they they talked a little bit about you know rotoscoping for for out of this world and stuff like that, but it was mostly for the first compared to the first half where they got very technical with the way that the processor worked and everything like that, even over my head, which doesn't take much, but. The, the second half, it was almost, it was just like a bunch of people cheerleading for the Amiga. Mm-hmm. And for people that haven't seen those games in years and they're watching this for the nostalgia, I'm sure it's great. But since we deal with Amiga games all the time, you know, a lot of those games we've reviewed and we've talked about. And you, I don't need this guy telling me that they're awesome. I know they're awesome. I was really hoping for the narrative part of the story to continue. Now, it would have been a sad story, obviously, because after the launch of the Amiga, things went south almost immediately and never really recovered. Um, But the last half, it was just kind of, and I skipped, you know, after about half an hour, 45 minutes, I was like, is this all there is? And I skipped, you know, around towards the end. And it really seemed like that that was all it was. The last half of the movie is just kind of a retrospective on all these games and the people that made them and the people talking about how great it was to develop for the Amiga. Did they, did they go into the death of? Well, not that I saw. Not really? that I saw. Now, I, I might not have seen. They might have covered it in the last couple minutes. But it just seemed like, you know, they would show a game. And sometimes there would be a montage. They'd have some guy from, like, Team 17 or something. they have a montage of games. They'd have some song playing in the background. It's very well done. The cinematography, is it looks like a real documentary. It's not something that somebody put together in their basement by far. It's worth the money. Even though I didn't enjoy the last half of it, it was still more than worth the five dollars I spent to rent it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for, for a lame person who's just, who, uh, it's funny I don't consider us that anymore. Like I said, we've done this for a while. But for your average person that, like you said, is looking for a kick of nostalgia, yeah, it's probably perfect. like the people that are listening for this show. They're probably people that are. If you yeah, if you remember having the Amiga when you were a kid and you haven't emulated the Amiga since then or you know emulation is something if you know somebody that emulation is just beyond them or they're not into it but they'd like to relive those those good times this is a perfect it's a perfect it's very positive um you know they there's i almost wish they would have focused on more of the you know the different machines you know they talked a little bit about how the 2000 was going to be the business machine the 500 was going to be the games machine but i would have liked to have had more of the Ars Technica retrospective, you know, the nine-part thing mm-hmm. in movie form. Now, maybe that wouldn't have sold as well. Maybe it would have been... It definitely would have been harder to put together because you'd have to find all kinds of extra footage that wasn't just game footage. But overall, you know, it's worth a rent. Uh, if you're a hardcore Mega fan, you've got to buy it. Um, that's my review on Bedrooms to Billions. I'm going to have a look at it, hopefully, this week and... Maybe I'll see how my opinion meshes with your. Yeah, I want to. I want to know what you think. You know, because you know, I was there for the old stuff when it was released. But I mean, it. I was hoping for something like the, uh, the documentary on the uh, Pinball Two Thousand. Right. That's sort it's, of what I was hoping for. Yeah, and some it, technical, mm-hmm. some what it was like to develop, what happened when it released, the aftermath, and then the descent. That's mm-hmm. what I was kind of hoping for. Because that was an excellent. That was an excellent. Yeah, time. that that that's one of the best yeah. video game type movies of all time for sure. Yeah. Up. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's time to move on to our game of the week. Oh boy, I've been looking forward to this one. Shh, man, I gotta start. Are you gotta... enjoying the? No, I'm trying to be more professional. It's not working out very well. Did you well. start doing that last week? The problem is, is that I've got this playlist of tracks, and I need it to stop after each track. Uh huh. And it doesn't. 
You should just say the lines, and then I'll hum the tune. All right. Amigos game of the week. Do we got a thing for that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't used that one since like episode two. You just there you go. Yeah. Um, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Sensible. Sensible world of soccer. This is a soccer game. Yes, it is. Uh, it is produced by Sensible Software. So it's a very uh, descriptive title. Yes, um, I agree. It was originally released in 1992, the original, uh, but the, actually the original Sensible Soccer was released in 92. Mm-hmm. And then Sensible World of Soccer followed in 94 and then followed again by many, many iterations. That yes. You said it still continues still to continues this day. Still continues to be updated to this day. Now, the version that we played on um, the live stream was the 95-96 version. Um, and it is... I guess we should talk about the Sensible series uh, versus Kickoff. That's really the only... Because, I mean, it's a soccer game. Sure. You've got uh, you've got tiny players on a big pitch. Um, and the 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 you've got a crowd uh but let's talk about the differences between the the last soccer game that we reviewed so kickoff 2 is an earlier title i think it came out in 1990 somewhere not it was it was slightly before this one yeah because the guys actually played it right before developing I think, this one. i think kickoff 2 was 90 and sensible soccer was 92 um there might have been a, uh, a kickoff the next i know there was a game called goal it yes. was like kickoff three. We haven't played that, so we can't really compare it. Um, there are a, a, you know similarities between kickoff two and sensible world of soccer more so than the original um, the original kickoff and sensible soccer. Like there's uh, there's penalties in this game. There's red cards, uh, yellow cards. I think those are all the cards. Probably. Yeah. I don't know much about the penalty phase. I know they do have them. They, the, the funny thing about these games are, if you look at soccer games on the Amiga, I've, believe it or not, I, I really got into this uh, game this week. Because I didn't feel like I was 100% fair to kick off two because I'm not a soccer guy. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to try to do this a little bit better and do a little more research on the subject. And if you look back, uh, and these are things I never knew before I did this research, I'll be honest with you. I never, obviously, I didn't play that much soccer. Um, before any of these games, there was a game out, uh, look at the name of this thing, it was an arcade game, and it was called, uh, Tekken World Cup, okay? It's widely believed that this was sort of the, uh, uh, the catalyst, if you will, to get these games rolling. Uh, the guys that did Sensible Soccer, uh, early on did a game, which I believe we mentioned this one time, called, it was called Microprose. Uh, soccer. Do you remember we talked about that? Mm-hmm. I don't know what God knows Maybe why. when we did, we were talking about micro league wrestling. Who knows? But micro pro soccer had sort of the same team that went on to do sensible soccer, and it's widely believed that the team I don't want to say lifted, but I, I followed a lot, sort of along the same concept that Tekam uh, soccer did the arcade game, and it was the overhead view. It was uh, zoomed in more than you would eventually would be. And it was a simple game. It was a lot, you know, this was a much simpler game in a much earlier time, right? And when you fast forward to watch the team that ended up being uh, the sensible soccer guys, 
And it's the same band of guys that did Cannon Fodder, mm-hmm. which we talked about a while back. And you can certainly see the similarities in the in the men. They've had to cross over with that stuff. So, you know, it's they they got their little guy models down. And the little guy models came from a game they did called Megalomania, which we haven't I'd ever, read that. We haven't played Megalomania, but we've but we've you know, I've you know, I've seen it. I, that's a game I played back in the day. And the one thing about that game is, again, it's got the little guys that run around, and they look just like this. I'm going to go on the assumption that they took a lot of the same code and and put it right into Sensible Soccer. And they, from what interview I read, what the guys did was they, when they were making Megalomania, they were working on it, uh, they were playing the hell out of Kickoff 2. And they liked Kickoff 2. Dino Dini, all right? Uh, great, brilliant game if you're into soccer, and they and they were and they as they were playing it, they found things that they thought were that they thought were very good points, and then they found some stuff they didn't like so much, and so they got the the seed of an idea to come up with a, a new soccer game, and uh, from what I read, they actually took the guys from Megalomania and put them in little outfits, and made a pitch, threw them out there did the programming and that's what that was the birth of the game right and i guess some of the things i didn't like so we could talk about the differences right between kickoff two and sensible one uh, the original sensible soccer right you've got no you've got a, a smaller pitch and a, a probably a slightly uh wider view i'd say now you thought the guys we'd have to look at them side by side i thought the guys were a little bigger you thought they were a little small. I, I thought they were a little small. I had it's been. I haven't played kickoff two for a while, so I had to go back and look. But the, to me, they seemed a little more detailed. But maybe that's because they were moving slow enough for me to see them. That's true. You know. That's true. Um, they they did away with the radar screen, right? <clears throat> they uh, they added a lot of, of awesome features like customability. Uh, they in terms of uh, teams, they added lots of rosters, updated rosters. A lot of the stuff that people like me and you aren't going to really delve into because it's a lot like the Madden franchise, and you could edit the rosters. Um, and so, Sensible Soccer came out and effectively dethroned Kickoff Two when it came out. And then, of course, once Sensible came out, everyone saw, okay, this is the game. I mean, it was clearly the game. No offense to any of the Kickoff Two people, right? But it was the game. And so, uh, kickoff moved on, and but apparently they had a falling out with Dino. I don't remember if he did three, or he, I can't remember if he did one more, and then they and then they parted, or he may have parted immediately after kickoff too. I can't recall off the top of my head. But he ended up doing his own series. They did their, they continued kickoff, and then, uh, but Sensible was pretty much when it upon release, uh, it was the number one game on the Amiga. Pretty much until the Amiga went out. Right. You know, it was a sensible soccer game. Mm-hmm. Now, having played them both, what were your thoughts? Again, we're not going to make this kickoff two versus sensible soccer, sensible world soccer, but it sort of is, right? Yeah, and you've got to compare genres. You know, you got to compare games within the same genre. Um, kickoff two is much more difficult. I think it's a much more nuanced game. You really have to know what you're doing to play kickoff two well. <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, <laughs> Sensible is not nearly as hard to jump into. You feel like you have control over the ball. Um, you feel when you're moving down the pitch 
that you're not you're you're only with kickoff too. I was just like I don't want to lose control of the ball. If that you went diagonally, yeah. you were screwed. If yeah. you went sideways, you were screwed. Yeah, it was difficult. The ball sticks to you more in sensible soccer. Um, it doesn't stick to you completely. If you make a sudden move, you'll lose it. But um, I think passing is a lot easier in this game. That your your yes. teammates tend to be where you pass the ball most of the time. Yes. Since the pitch is larger, you can see downfield more and you can see where your guys are. The radar screen and kickoff two was not helpful to me in that regard because I couldn't I couldn't switch my view from the pitch to the radar back and forth quick enough to make that useful. And, and really, you needed to be able to do that to play it properly because yeah. when you ultimately run right out the back of the base of the back line, I'd be like, "Well, where am I?" Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're right. I think they they as we talked about in the live stream, they actually the pitch in this is. The right size. Mm-hmm. It's not you know two to one or ten to one. Whatever you know, the ratio is not exactly the same. But in terms of playability, this they zoomed it out the exact proper amount. The pitch was the exact right amount of size, so you know where you're at at all times with the lines on the field. Which is that's you know that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, really, if you're going to be super realistic about it, because kickoff too, one of its big claim to fame was the pitch was monstrous. You know, which a pitch is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. This is the happy medium, right? Between right. monstrous, where you don't, but you need a radar screen versus pretty good size, and you don't need the radar. You're right about the control. The ball control is so much simpler on this, but not too simple. Mm. And you can still put a little English on the ball too. When you kick it, I'll you can bend it a little love bit. Love it, yeah. And and honestly, I could, didn't have enough time in the first one to even think about that. I was just like, oh god, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. It was frantic. This one's less frantic. This is, uh, uh, it still goes at a good clip. Mm-hmm. It's not slow. Yeah, you play a game probably in about, I'd say, five minutes. Two, well, it depends on what you have, you know, how, you know, you've got the, how, the what your timers. Options, you got, but yeah. if you go with the default, the default game. You know, it's, there are options for indoor. There's options for, you know, and now the, the original, from what I've read, the original Sensible World, as, as well received as it was, had some issues. And the biggest one being that the goalies, Apparently we're idiots, right? I've heard that was a big issue, and then I've heard in the. It's funny. I don't think I've seen a game. I don't know if we've covered a game that released different versions of the same game, and they were a new, like a new box version. I saw different boxes for like version. It'd be Sensible Soccer, Sensible Soccer one point one, Sensible Soccer one point three. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know three point two, whatever. Which I think that's unusual. It is unusual. And I read that in some of the uh, instances, I think. Since World of Soccer original release, they would ba- they basically gave you the update. The other ones, I don't know if you paid a small price. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how they did it, uh, but people wanted to pay it because they would, uh, you know, they, aside from the fact that they were fixing bugs, you, you would know, get updated rosters. I wonder if it was if you bought the game, if you got a postcard or something, you sent it that said "Send me news when a new update comes out," and then maybe you send them a couple bucks and they just send you a floppy disk. Yeah, if anybody yeah. out there knows, I'd be interested in knowing how they did updates because yeah. I've seen actual boxes mm-hmm. with those update numbers. That's on so it. That's so weird, what, you know. Which and sensible the sensible world of soccer had a lot of updates, right? They had the like, I think we played the '96. They had I think they I think they released up I think was that the last one they actually was a physical release was ninety six I think it was yeah uh, I think that's right yeah and then but they there was a, a European version there was an international version right uh, the key difference between uh, sensible soccer and sensible world of soccer was just the sheer volume of leagues teams uh, divisions 
I believe I read that it had uh, 12,000 individual players with stats. Now, in yeah, modern... I've got, I've got the number right here. Oh, what do you got? I've got 1,500 teams and 27,000 okay, players. Okay, that was those teams. I think I said. Think about that, by That's the way. crazy. Just think of, we're going to put 27,000 of anything in a game. Yeah. And, and apparently they've got the tiniest little nothings. I, I, like, I usually play the American ones because I'm familiar with that. They've got like the the uh, major league soccer teams in there, you know, wow. from back when that you know it's like the Galaxy. Well, know. that's still a thing. They still have MLS. Right, right. But I'm just saying that's that's pretty obscure, right? And then there's there's uh, I was listening to a guy review this, and he was mentioning a team that had only had one one league win or ever. <laughs> wow. Know? It's like, I can't remember the name of these t- of this team. Another thing that uh, Sensible World added was a career mode, which was a a twenty uh, a twenty season mode where you basically run the team mm-hmm. and you can run it and play them or you can just run it you can just do it so and effectively it was a it was a it was a team manager uh, which was a which another thing Dini did was uh, as a separate game he released a very famous soccer team management game you know which would to, in America it'd be like a uh, uh, you know NFL management game where you run the team and you draft play, the play it was called it was called uh... Isn't it called player manager? Yeah, something yeah. like that. But but this, from what I've read, again, this is something beyond our depth, to be completely honest. But from what I read, the the it's never stopped us from pressing yeah, on before. Yeah, in, in sensible world of soccer, it's a it's a watered down to what the the, the other big time you know uh, soccer simulation games were. But it's still pretty juicy. You get to make you get you uh, to get your team. Uh, uh, you get you can get fired. You can get you can, you can and you can get picked up. But you can uh, sign on to coach other teams. Uh, you can you know and you coach your team to whatever championship in their league, and possibly you can get an international play, and possibly you can you can move on and you can you conquer can, the world. You can win the World Cup. You know, uh, which is neat. Yeah. You know, I know if I was playing, uh, that that would be appealing to me. I like that kind of stuff. Now I wouldn't know about wheeling and dealing. You know, but uh, uh, it would be it'd be interesting. You know, and, and not having that, that would have been quite a treat for that to come along. Uh, other additions were, and we talked about this. They eventually, after uh, I can't remember if it was in the initial version of Sensible World or the one or the second version, but they had refs. Uh, I know carding was in was in the original version of Sensible World of Soccer, and then they eventually added refs that would come up and give you the card. Right. Which, I like that a lot when they run out there and remember that one commercial with Deion Sanders in it. Where the 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 guy that he was playing soccer, Deion Sanders, and and the the ref came up and showed him the card, and he took the card and he signed it and he gave it back. Uh, I don't like Deion Sanders. <laughs> well, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> As a Cowboy fan, and he played for us, and I still don't like. I him. was going to say. Yeah, he went out in the middle of the field one time after he scored an interception touchdown, and right on the star in Texas Stadium, and posed like he was some and. He did it once, <laughs> and then he intercepted another pass. Well, he was the first player to ever intercept a ball and score a touchdown. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> and then he, but he did it again the same game, and he went and scored, and he ran all the way back to the fifty yard line. He did it again, and one of Dallas's like flunky secondary guys came up and just ran over him. That's awesome, and it was great. But it was <laughs> so that, yeah, but that's never hear that. But anyway, uh, getting back to the game, uh, I, the fact that the crowd chants are in it, the the, the uh, that's huge. The colors. Uh, the uh, the pitch looks. Gr- I mean, I don't really the weather details, mm-hmm. right? We didn't even go into that. You've got different pitches. You've got different weather. Uh, you've got, uh, uh, like I said, stuff that we'll never touch on, like the huge league play. You could have, I mean, effectively, you could have twenty people 
you could have 20 teams in a, in a in a league each played by a person mm-hmm. and you could have all those guys playing all the time yeah and from what i've been told uh on the modern emulated equivalents i mean uh, the amiga or the pc versus i don't know which but you could actually play online with uh one of the modern you know matchup things so you could actually play this game online hmm. as as it stands right now if we wanted to go into the uh uh Sensible World of Soccer was on the Amiga. It was the last game they released there. But Sensible World, Sensible Soccer moved on uh, over the years to several different mediums, and none of them looked that good, to be completely honest with you. I, I, I saw the, I think it was the PlayStation uh, game, and it looked not not. Well, good. whenever you try and modernize, especially yeah. in that early 3D era. That's what it was. Yeah. But, I mean, much like when Madden did that, the game... There was a time when you had Madden as a solid 2D game, mm-hmm. right? Or simulated 3D at best. But it had all the bells and whistles. And then when they made that leap into 3D, the game looked weird. And they regressed on almost everything that they'd built up. And it took them a long time to build back right. up to where they were. Well, this apparently did the same thing. And then eventually there was even a, a sensible release on the 360. I, I own that, actually. You actually yeah. own it, yeah, eh? Yeah, I bought it, and I played it often when I was living in Korea. Because I heard it was not good. And I heard that the online was not good either. Well, I never played it online. Um, the players were much bigger than they were in the original version. Um, probably maybe three times the size, so you didn't get as much of the pitch on the screen. I still found it enjoyable. But I'm not coming from it from the same perspective as somebody that grew up playing the original. What blew my mind was they had a, a release for the Wii. Hmm. Uh, it looked goofy, as you can imagine. It looked... I heard it was not bad. Mm-hmm. I heard it wasn't... A, but from what I've heard from people that know a lot more about soccer and a lot more about soccer video games than I do, the the number one is their Sensible World of Soccer uh, updated to the nines and ready to go. And here, like I said, there are people... That still diligently update. I'm, I don't know if they update twenty seven thousand individual players, but they might. You you never know. People are strange, you mm-hmm. know. You know, and if they're still having a kickoff two championship and wherever it was Denmark or Holland or it was, then they might be you know updating twenty seven thousand roster spots. Who knows? But overall, uh, I was really surprised at how much I liked this game. I love this. Game. I hate I to thought it. it was great. You know, and. I, I'm kind of like you. I, I tend to like most most of the soccer games that I... Like Nintendo World Cup. Have you ever played that? Mm-mm. It's got the River City Ransom type uh, characters in it. Or mm-hmm. the Super... Or uh, the... Not, I'm sorry. Super Dodgeball. Yeah. It's one of those Technos games. Yeah. You know, it's got those kind of sprites in it. It's real fun, too. I, you know, this thing... I've played a bunch of soccer games. Soccer and I like hockey, too. And it's similar when you play them. Mm-hmm. This is the best view to play soccer. It is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not as pretty as as FIFA World Cup or or, or uh, the uh, there's another one. Winning eleven. Winning eleven. It's nowhere near as attractive or realistic looking. But when you want to play soccer, a fun sort of arcadey, not too arcadey, but arcadey soccer, I think this might be the best one I've played. Yeah. I, I was is is a total package. There's no question. And, you and, could play this game for the rest of your life and never run out of stuff to do. Yeah, and the atmosphere, the chanting was great. Just oh, not having that bland crowd noise, but hearing the oh, 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 and all that stuff. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about the cool song in it. The the theme tune the, is great. The, it's uh, obviously um, 
Uh, I, I guess it was Joseph is the same. Uh, did the music on this one too? And uh, was it Richard Joseph? Richard Joseph. Uh, and and uh, um, it's a, another catchy tune mm-hmm. with the trumpets and stuff. And uh, um, it's got all the sensible flair. I mean, and those guys were good. Mm-hmm. They were very good and knew exactly what they were doing. And I and this probably I mean, I, I like the cannon flutter a lot too. Don't get me wrong, but. The, I think I like this better than Cannonfall. Oh, I definitely do. This has got so much more replay value. And the the pro, one of the problems that one of the irritating things for me is on the twelve hundred, and maybe someone out there can tell me what I'm doing wrong, but this thing comes up glitchy as hell. Uh, 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 on my real twelve hundred, I have problems running it, uh, and I've tried every version, and they all do the same thing. It's so I'm guessing it's a WHD load thing, uh, but luckily I had the I have the disc, so I could actually run it off that. And I, that worked okay for me. But, uh, yeah, I give it a two thumbs up, and uh, I would wager this will probably come back up when we, uh, uh, when we do uh, a big throwdown with all of our buddies over here, because I can see we're having some uh, uh, sensible world, or sensey, mm-hmm. you would, if we have some time on that, I'd see the boys getting into it and having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Aaron, um, I've got a special treat for you for all this right. episode. Oh, boy, these um, are always death. So... Um, I know your love of soccer. Yeah. I know your your knowledge of the game. I've prepared a little soccer quiz. Oh, jeez Louise. For, for you. All right. Um, I want to make sure. I've got my thinking toque on. I'm ready to go. Okay. Question number one. All right. Name three European soccer clubs. Okay. Um, Arsenal? Arsenal, one. Manchester United? Two. Um, Milan? That's a city. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, ST? Something like that? Don't, isn't that one of the teams? Don't tell me. Um, uh, I know I'm missing some of the big ones, too. I don't know. I can't get a third one. All right. Real Madrid would have been acceptable. Sheffield United. I've heard of Real Madrid, My home too. team. Sheffield United. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, but you did well. Two out of three. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. You know, the only reason I got Arsenal is because I saw Ben like Beckham. Ah. Well. <laughs> By the way, I like that. Question number two is right. related. What city is the team Arsenal located in? London. Oh, sorry. Should have known that, shouldn't I? Well, <laughs> moving on. You know, this is built. It's me laughed at. <laughs> Number three. All right. There's four questions. We're oh, almost good, done. good. What is Manchester United? Now, this is there's multiple answers to this because it's right. changed. Name one of Manchester United's corporate sponsors. Um, Virgin. Incorrect. You could have said uh, Emirates. All right, wouldn't have got that. Or their current sponsor, Chevrolet. Nope, wouldn't have got any of those. And finally, 
Name one professional soccer player not named Pele or David Beckham. Rats, those are the two I knew. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> um, well, I've got 27,000 to choose from. <laughs> um, let's go with... Uh, hmm. I guess I can't say Cesaro. His character was supposed to have been a former soccer player. <laughs> Are you talking about WWE superstar Cesaro? Antonio Cesaro? <laughs> he was supposed to be a former soccer player, but uh, uh, there's a there's a guy down in Brazil. There's two or three of these guys named this. Uh, I got nothing. Wayne Rooney, you heard of him? No. All right. Well, that, that's the only one you got wrote down. That's the only one. What if I, I just know. said like Bill Smith? You I, there's I'm sure there's been a Bill Smith that's played played footy, uh, but. You did well. You got the first one. No, you didn't do well. You did terrible. You didn't. You didn't get any of the answers. I'm sorry. Correct. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Our nation. We'd like to thank our sponsors. Um, yeah, that's a real good lead-in for that. <laughs> Tom Treff, Jonas Rollo, Colbjorn Barman. I bet he knows. He knows. A that's got. Players. I think that's three different soccer players right there: Cole, <laughs> Bjorn, and Borman. <laughs> Mark McDonald, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, Zach Zimmerman. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. If you'd like to sponsor our podcast and become a member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, visit our page over at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Yeah, we need all the help we can get. Next week, Aaron, the Game Selection Committee has decided, and we are going to play Team 17's Worms. Okay. That I'll play. <laughs> so tune in for that. Until next time, adios. adios.